0: Hello again, everybody. My name is Mike Petralia. It's episode 235 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. You can find us at www.clnsmedia.com. Follow us on Twitter at two locations for your general sports at CLNS Media and for Patriots-centric and NFL-centric news at Patriots CLNS. You can also follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash CLNS Media. My pleasure to welcome back to the program Patriots beat writer for the Providence Journal, Mark Daniels. Uh, Mark, welcome back. And uh, it's been a uh, busy period for uh, you as... um, You had uh, an interesting nugget, I thought, the other day on Twitter that I think caught a lot of people by surprise when uh, Tom Curran was mentioning how uh, Gronk had his doubts about the upcoming season and his apprehension about the upcoming season. Uh, You dropped a little nugget on Twitter saying that the Patriots had approached you uh, trying to discourage you from writing that story that you wrote about Tom, about Rob Gronkowski and the TB12 method. It was a story you wrote uh, in the Providence Journal uh, back on January 20th. Um, did that whole uh, last 48 hours kind of catch you by surprise? Yeah, yeah,
1: that's right. You can, you can say that again, my man. I, I didn't expect to create such a, a firestorm that would ultimately lead me on, you know, Touch and Rich or, you know, NBC Boston, you know, the Bell edition last night or, you know, I was on EI a couple minutes ago. It's... um. It, it was it was kind of surprising, honestly. I thought the bigger news there was just what Tom Curran was reporting that, you know, Gronk was thinking about retiring since last August, which caught me by surprise. But then that, you know, the Pats weren't overly thrilled with him working with Alex Guerrero. And instantly, it sort of made me flash back to January because for weeks of January in January during the playoffs, I, was, I kept approaching Gronk about the story that I wanted to write, just, you know, kind of talking to him off the record about ways I could go about doing it. Was you okay with me talking about it, you know, and just trying to reiterate over and over again, this is what I want to do. and Right. It cool with it. And finally, like, you know, he's like, I really want to do it. And I'm like, awesome, man. So I brought it to the Pats PR in person, and they seemed cool about it. And then I sent, you know, focus. But this hinged on one thing, and it was the Pats uh, winning and going to the AFC Championship game. Because I wanted this to sort of uh, be my AFC Championship game, you know, Story. you know that's sure. Sunday and when I sent them the email to request them just to you know have them help me set up something one-on-one Have back just basically saying the request was denied because the Patriots in policy. the players couldn't talk about training them to their diet I was pretty shocked because you know I've been writing lot of the seats and used on the beat for four I've never heard of that and I've, I've talked to trainers and I've talked to players about their workout habits and their diets and that's never been mentioned before It's that caught me kind of by surprise, so I thought maybe the story would be over, you know, and I wasn't sure what to do, but I started calling different sources and trying to get this stuff done. Finally, I think it was Wednesday, I approached Gronk in the locker room, I'm like, I don't want me to read this, um, are you still down to do it? And he's like, yeah, I want to talk about it. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> let's 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 roll, man. And, you know, we got it done. It was just it was interesting, you know, how you know, they told me the interview couldn't happen, Gronk knew the interview, didn't want the interview to happen, and he still did. It. I thought that was just sort of noteworthy, you know, in, in regards to the Pats not wanting him to turn a certain way.
0: Well, I think it's very telling, Mark, because I he wants his voice, and he wants the voice of, of the story that, you know, what uh, TB12 is doing for him is helping his body, and I think that's a big deal to him. Look, I mean, I think a lot of people. Uh, feel that Rob Gronkowski is, you know, this robot who will just do as he is programmed and I am Gronk 87. You know, that's not the way Gronk is deep down. And I think people, you know, when when this kind of story breaks, it gives a little uh, view, a little peek, if you will, behind the curtain down at Gillette Stadium. And look, I mean, you and me both know we've been around there long enough um, those kind of peaks make some people feel very uncomfortable. Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, I say that again.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's what it is, right, Mark? I mean, the only reason right. that that this is a story to me, uh, the the you know the denial of access to a certain player to talk about a certain subject is that it it sort of gives a peek, uh, inside the walls, if you will. Um, and behind some of the secrets of the Patriot way. And, you know, the Patriots have guarded that with their lives and they just don't want people, you know, getting a glimpse of that. And then if they get a glimpse, Mark, certain, um, Interpretations or uh, certain observations may or may not be accurate, and and frankly, I can understand the Patriots uh, because they protect it, you know, like you know, a state secret or like a government secret. I can understand that. That uh, I guess I'll call it paranoia for lack of a better word, but it, it still it doesn't come off well, and it makes Gronk look like he's trying to hide something.
1: Yeah, you know, this this was an interesting year covering the team. I just I felt something was off, you know, with a lot of the players in the locker room this year and I couldn't put my finger on it and it just didn't seem as engaging or willing to talk to the media. I, I thought we had way more bad locker rooms than we had good and and then, you know, throughout the season I got denied a couple times by the Patriots for stores I wanted to write. And it was just weird stuff, like like I'm, I wasn't allowed to talk to Dietrich Wise's father. And I wasn't allowed to talk to any relative related to Stefan Gilmore and just weird things going on. I'm like, Man, this stuff's never happened to me in the past. And, you know, no, we're wrong. With and someone, they're not going to step on into his toes. So those stores basically got shut down. Then you get Gronk, and Gronk likes working with Alex Guerrero. He likes doing the TB12 diet because at the end of the day, this is a guy who's not there. He's had three back surgeries, and he wants to be healthier. He doesn't want to be in pain, so that's why he made all those changes, and he likes the changes. He, he honestly liked the way he felt last year, even though the football season is a grind. I think at the end of the day, yeah, he he wanted to talk about that stuff because it's kind of helping him, right? And it's something that man, I don't, God, you know, why, why do you don't don't poke Bronk or Tom Brady because these are two of your best players. I mean, you lose Rob Gronkowski, you have such a giant hole you need to fill. It, it it's going to be really difficult on that offense without him. So I just. I don't see why to even have the fuss on who he's trying with uh, anything like along
0: those lines. Well, it's funny. Uh, you must have uh, my notes in front of you, uh, Mark, because that kind of uh, segues and transitions into my next subject. They still have to have a replacement in waiting for Rob Gronkowski, whether or not he comes back. And I know a lot of people uh, were thinking that maybe the pa- Patriots would have to, you know, do something on the fly um, if he were to retire. But I think they frankly, have to get Rob Gronkowski's replacement uh, in waiting uh, as much as they do Tom Brady's. Look, uh, Jacob Hollister, great story, but he's a pass-catching tight end, right? I mean, and that's what we saw this year uh, from him. Uh, Dwayne Allen is specifically a blocking tight end. He's not uh, a pass-catcher. And they need, in trying to find the replacement for Rob Gronkowski, that's going to be quite the tall task. In some ways, Mark, because it's such a unique position and he filled it in such a unique way, it's going to be harder to find uh, a tight end like Rob Gronkowski than it is perhaps a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you agree with that?
1: You no, know, 100%. Honestly, you might never find an adequate replacement for Rob Gronkowski. You might be looking at someone more like what Martellus Bennett gave you in 2016, a tight end who comes and gets 700 yards and, you know, six to 10 touchdowns. If you can find that when Gronk's gone, I think that's a positive. Because Gronk's just a different beast. He's one of the best targets in the NFL regardless of position. You know, it's sort of like adequately replaced Rob Gronkowski. You're talking like, you know, Od- Odell Beckham territory, That you know, DeAndre Hopkins, those type of just phenomenal players who are in their prime who are almost uncoverable. And it's just, it's so unheard of these days. You know, I mean, you know, the Travis Kelsey's of the world there's not many guys like that. You know what I mean? So like, right. like hypothetically Gronk retires, you almost you could have passed, you almost want to try to bring Martell's benefit back just to have a backup because I don't think Wayne Allen will give you anything. But I I, I almost wondered, you know, so they start to get their target in uh, you know, the tight end market and, and just the draft. I mean, there was a period, you know, back in the day when they would draft, you know, Ben Watson and Daniel Graham and I felt like every other year they were drafting a tight end in the first three rounds. Maybe they get back that. Maybe you try to draft someone earlier than you would have in the
0: past when they, you know, took like H.J.
1: Derby in the fifth round. But it's definitely not a bad idea.
0: Well, I mean, okay, let's look at the the number. I, I think consensus number one tight end. I mean. You know, in talking with Mike Mayock on that conference call uh, the other day, you know, previewing uh, the NFL Combine and, of course, the draft uh, April 26th through the 28th in Dallas, the one name that he keeps bringing up is Hayden Hurst out of South Carolina. He falls to 31. They take him? I mean, if, if he if he's there at 31, you certainly have to
1: consider it. And Rob Gronkowski, he years up in his contract, and there's certainly no guarantee he comes back. You get a youngster in the first round pick. You have him under control for five years. Have him laying right. behind Rob Gronkowski for two years, and then you know you can let Gronk go when he's thirty, and have this kid if you he, if he legit, I and mean, then that would certainly be a solid plan.
0: All right, you know um, enough Gronk talk. Uh, I think I'm a little Gronked out. I mean, we can always talk <laughs> Gronk uh, anytime we like. He's always going to be a story, but we have to move on to Tom Brady and you know his replacement in Jimmy Garoppolo the Jimmy Garoppolo replacement technically speaking and uh, obviously when uh Jimmy Garoppolo uh, left it left a huge void um you know nobody thinks in their wildest dreams that Brian Hoyer is the future quarterback behind Tom Brady and obvious for obvious reason i thought it was interesting that Kyle Shanahan uh thanked the patriots for giving uh <laughs> out at the Combine in Indianapolis. Thank the Patriots for giving them uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Did you see that? What did you think of that? <laughs> I did. Yeah, I, that's, that's pretty
1: telling. It, it sounds to me that the Forty ers are pretty surprised. Not only could they get him, but they, they could get him for a second round pick. And at the end of the day, just seeing how that trade worked out, it doesn't look like it's in the Pat's favor. Quite frankly, there weren't many trades that Pat's did last year that went in their favor. And I'm talking more like the Cassius Marsh, Cody Ealy's, um, Dwayne Allen stuff. It just, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a great year for, for Keeser's traits, but the thing was interesting. I mean, you looked so good those last five games with the 49ers. I mean, my first thought is, how did you not get like, a future first-round pick or, like, multiple draft picks for him? Right? Even if it was like a stand-for, I would have felt better. And instead, you know, he signs the biggest deal in NFL history. <laughs> He's not, He looks like a future Pro Bowler. And you have Brady's successor there, and you know, unfortunately for the Patriots, Tom Brady, 40 years old, is still the MVP, so that kind of blew up, but it's kind of funny when you think of the timeline, because it actually almost worked out perfectly for the Pats. They developed their own quarterback when their starter turned 40. This is any other quarterback we're talking about, or any other team. Jimmy is here in New England, except Tom Brady's a freak of nature. So you you kind of have to roll the dice when the guy is still that good. But yeah, a funny comment by him and it's really going to be um, fascinating to watch Jimmy G develop over the years.
0: All right. Um, Obviously Josh Rosen of UCLA, Sam Darnold, who's who could go number one overall to Cleveland. There's a lot of uh, people out in Indianapolis that feel that Darnold will go to the Cleveland Browns. Number one overall Uh, Baker Mayfield might be there, uh, but I don't think Josh Allen will be there either, but there are, some fascinating names when you take a look a little bit deeper, uh, if the Patriots want to go second, third, fourth round. Um, Mason Rudolph out of Oklahoma State. Lamar Jackson, maybe uh, he falls to the second round. Logan Woodside out of uh, Toledo. Kyle walletta, Richmond. Um, Mike White out of Western Kentucky. Of those names, which stick out to you and, and why?
1: <laughs> um, I think the one that stuck out to me in most Patriots fans and writers was um, Kyle Lelotto of Richmond, just because of his his family history. I believe his father was a quarterback for Navy, and his uncle was like the Navy punter, something like that. And both of those, both his father and uncle, they played for the Navy football team that had Bill Belichick's father, Steve Belichick, on the staff as I think I a scout or like an assistant. That that connection just instantly jumped out at me. I know he performed really well at the senior bowl, and people are comparing him to doing grapple already. And top it off, he has a lacrosse background. I think another one of his uncles played, like, college lacrosse was a big-time lacrosse player. So, so many connections with that guy. You know, 1AA quarterback, comparisons to Jimmy G, family in the Navy, lacrosse. I'm like, oh, my God. Bells are just going off in my head with him, which is pretty funny. And, and the, the other guy you, you mentioned, I Mason Rudolph in Washington State. Both of them interesting because they're projected to go around so you know, two to four. And if the Pats don't select the quarterback in round one, I almost think they, you know, if someone's there rounds two to four, do it again. That's what we got Jimmy. You had Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of the second round in right. two thousand two was fourteen and it would make sense. Luke Falk's interesting just because of the Brady stuff. He sort of tried to patent his throwing motion and mechanics after Tom Brady and I guess the best thing about this game is from Washington State is that he's really accurate and the Washington State program was kind of focused on more like short intermediate passes, but I mm. hear that, and I kind of think Pats, and then you know, the guy, Mason Rudolph, not too long, ago, I, I felt like some people were wondering if he was like a first-round pick, so you now he's like six for five, big kid from Oklahoma State. A good thing, another good thing for the Pats is this seems like a really deep draft class, so who knows who drops there when you know the Pats are picking at the end of the first round or, or there in the beginning of the second when they have that 49ers pick. You know, like you said, Lamar Jackson, is that someone who would interest him? I mean, that would be pretty surprising to me because he looks, you know, more like that, you know, athletic quarterback that they typically don't see in Wendland, not today the Michael Bishop. But, you know, you see a guy like
0: Deshaun Watson, and he says, ah, having
1: Deshaun Watson as your back, it wouldn't be too bad. So, you know, maybe, you know, it could be very, very interesting.
0: I think it'd be fascinating. Uh, Obviously, Luke Falk would be uh, out of Washington State would be so ironic and and, and yet appropriate uh, because Tom Brady (laughs) took over for a Washington State product and to see a Washington State product, um, you know, perhaps um, uh, succeed him. Uh, with the Patriots, that would be very, uh, a very appropriate bookend. We're speaking with Mark Daniels, uh, excellent, outstanding uh, Patriots beat writer and NFL beat writer for the Providence Journal. I want to tell you about my newest time-saving trick. I got my daughter's contact lens prescription renewed from My couch just a couple of weeks ago in under five minutes using an awesome new app called Simple Contacts. Simple Contacts lets you renew your prescription and reorder your brand of lenses from anywhere in minutes through an online vision test. It's designed by doctors, and every test is reviewed by a doctor, so they're literally bringing the doctor's office right to your home. The contact lens prices are unbeatable. The vision test, only $20, and shipping is free. Best of all, my listeners get $30 off their first Simple Contacts order with my promo code TRAGS. Try it for yourself and save $30 on your lenses by going to simplecontacts.com slash TRAGS, T-R-A-G-S, or entering the code TRAGS at checkout. Again, that's simplecontacts.com slash TRAGS or enter my code TRAGS at checkout. Speaking again with Mark Daniels of the uh, Providence Journal here on Patriot's Beat episode 235. Alright, we've talked about Tom, uh, Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady. With the March 12th legal tampering day approaching and the March 14th straight deadline for free agency set to begin, Patriots have a number of key decisions to make, Mark. Let's start first with a fascinating name because I think the market is getting hotter and hotter. I know Jeff Howell um, referred to this on Twitter uh, earlier on Wednesday. Danny Amendola, what's his market and can the Patriots, uh, should the Patriots make the effort to keep him no matter what?
1: I think this should, and you know, according to Jeff, it it like he's gonna be in that three to five million dollar range, which is great for him because he's taken these pay cuts year after year, year after, after year. <laughs> he's he's seriously making between like you know one and a half and two million a year, somewhere around then. When you know originally his his original contract with the Pats called for like seven million a year, so he, he just took some massive pay cuts over there to stick around in Foxborough, and produce when the Pats' needed it the most. I mean. In the Super Bowl, in that loss to the Eagles, Danny Amendola cut eight passes for 152 yards. And I was thinking about this the other day. The Pats win that game. I mean, Danny Mendoza's, like, legendary status just goes through the roof because he's so good in the playoffs. He's always good in every single Super Bowl. It brought me back to 2014 where his playoff production essentially, you know, did his regular season production. He's just so good. He's a really, really good slot receiver. And if there's one thing, the Pats really they don't have another pure slot receiver like that on the team. They have other guys who are kind of, you know, hybrid type receivers who do a little of everything. So Patriots, I try to bring him back. I don't think he's going to have a one-year contract. I mean, a, a multi-year deal. We're talking one or two years just because he's, what, he's like 33 years old. But if you, have to, if you can get him on the low end of that, like $3 million, just do it because I think he's really important to this offense. And if you, if you don't and you lose out, you say you lose out to someone else. He takes $5 million to go play with Jimmy Garoppolo in, in San Fran. All of a sudden, you, know, you look at that depth chart, and you all right, Edelman, two years left in his deal, coming off an ACL injury. Malcolm Mitchell didn't play last year. Two years left in his deal. Then Chris Hogan and Brandon Cooks both have one year left in their deal. So you don't really have a lot of like long-term stability. You have question marks in terms of health. So all of a sudden, slow fever becomes a need. You know? So if you go free agency, you go in the draft, it would just create sort of another hole to
0: fill. Well, and I think the thing to understand here is Danny Amendola is super tight with Tom Brady. I mean, people rightly um, hype the relationship between Tom Brady and Julian Edelman. But for what Danny Amendola has produced, especially in the clutch moments, um, obviously in the playoffs, um, I think that is worth gold to uh, Tom Brady. And certainly Rob Gronkowski is at one level in terms of significance to Tom Brady in the offense Danny Amendola is pretty up there, pretty close up there with Edelman and Gronkowski in my estimation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the type of chemistry that it takes a while to build. And so last year, Tom, you know, Brady had some, it's had some tough moments in the second half of the season. And I was really trying to figure out if he was like, hurt, oh, is this, this the Achilles, what's going on with Tom? And once I was basically told me, they were like, just like, look at the targets he was throwing to. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, so all of a sudden... Hogan barely played in the second half. He played one game, didn't catch that. Edelman didn't play. Malcolm Mitchell didn't play. So really, you're talking like all these new guys. Brandon Cooks was new. Uh, Philip Brossett was new. You know, the, the position drastically changed. Dwayne Allen wasn't on the same page. So all of a sudden, you saw Brady sort of struggle when had just a lot of new weapons. So if you bring a new fly receiver, I would be really surprised, you know, if it didn't take some time. And I just think, you know, It's third down and two. Who does he go to? He looks for those guys over the middle. So there's no Danny. All of a sudden, you're focusing more on Julian Edelman. Is that a good thing when you're 32 coming off a knee injury? Probably not.
0: Malcolm Butler has gone. I don't think there's uh, any dispute about (laughs) that, right? I mean, that's that's indisputable. He is out. So um, a lot of speculation as to whether or not uh, the Patriots make a run in the trade market for Richard Sherman, or even somebody like an Aqib Tlaib, or do they go uh, through the draft? Uh, What's your feeling on how they fill the void of Malcolm Butler?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question, because there's a part of me that believes the Patriots would be okay next year, starting Eric Rowe, Stephon Gilmore, and Jonathan Jones in the slot. That being said, if you can get Akib Tlaib or Richard Sherman on a lesser field than what they're at now, I think it's it's definitely worthwhile. I mean, we saw last year, Eric Rowe was actually the third cornerback this season, so if you could be the third cornerback again and you have Richard Sherman in there, I think that would be absolutely phenomenal. And, I mean, that was a big keep solution. And you remember, that guy was hilarious in the locker room. He was awesome. A lot of fun. So, I mean, if, you know, if the money's right, I would say definitely go for it, but if the money's not right, you know, try try, try to actually draft a cornerback and develop, and this has been really tough for the past to do. I mean, Cyrus Jones does look like you know he's going to be anything, it. and and I, I understand he's coming off of an injury, but you know what? I'll be I'll be real. I, I haven't seen much in Cyrus Jones even when he was home in terms of his cornerback skills, and all the way down the line, and all the cornerbacks i have drafted in the, in the past it's just these Jonathan Wilhite type characters. It just didn't pan out. So, a Ravi Dowling could I actually draft a cornerback who'll be one or two that that would certainly be worthwhile because of money you pay. So, I, you know, I'd be down for that. It's, just, it's interesting though, know, because I think they have so many other needs. You know, what happens with Nate Solder and all their tackles, I mean, if they don't get those guys, maybe that's a priority. The front seven more of a priority. And they only have six draft picks. So, you know, you can only have so many players. But the cornerback position it would certainly be fascinating. But I I'd be down for a veteran if it's cheap.
0: Well, I, I would love to see Richard Sherman in that backfield, uh, with yeah. uh, um Obviously, Stephon Gilmore and having Eric Rowe at the three. You uh, Look, I mean, one of the things is you, you can't uh, underestimate the loss of Jonathan Jones. And I thought, you know, he was one of the quiet storylines that, you know, we on the beat, we paid attention to when he was out. And that they they didn't have him at the end of the season and it got exposed in the Super Bowl. People forget about that. But that was a big, big loss, it turned out, right?
1: Yeah, you know, it would have been interesting, too. If, if he was LC, I honestly wonder if Malcolm Baller would have been active, which would have been another crazy storyline. Why was Malcolm Baller active? But, yeah, I mean, he, I thought he did a, a really good job in the squad. He's really competitive. I mean, he's under but he's a super good athlete. A lot of people don't know notice about him, but he was like a, a national champion in high-hardwood in high school. Just like You know, one of, one of the best track athletes in high school and coaches thought he was going to be an Olympian. Instead of, you know, he's an undrafted free agent and he has kind of a cool background he was at Auburn, he was projected fourth round pick but he broke his foot I believe he like slipped in the rain like on stairs and it was like a freak accident so he went undrafted And I know that Bill Belichick made him priority undrafted free agent so the Pats like him so if he help him next year I think he can still talk to him
0: okay we're going to finish up here yes or no whether or not they return to New England as a free agent and I know you already touched on one Nate Solder
1: I'm gonna say yes. It's gonna be expensive though.
0: Yeah, and I think um, you know, get, you know, the obvious other circumstances regarding his uh, son Hudson and the care here. I, I just think that the two sides find a way to make it work out and, and Solder is beloved in that lock he really is beloved in that locker room, and I know you know that. Um I, I yeah. think he comes back as well. Uh Dion Lewis. No, 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 no. You know, the, the Deion
1: Lewis situation is a, is a tricky one. There's a lot of different layers and chapters that this. Um, I don't think it happens at all. I, you know, before, prior to the combine, I just I know the past never reached out to him about a deal at all. I mean, look what they did last year. They paid Rex Burke, had more money, Mike Gillis had more money. They extended James White early, gave him more money. The, the first four weeks of the season, they had Deion Lewis as the number four running back in the deck, right? I think honestly that was one of the worst coaching decisions of the season of the regular season. I mean, he was by far the best running back. I just think all of that for a player, you know, if it's, if it's me, I feel disrespected. I want to go elsewhere. You know, if I'm, if I'm Dion, I just I want to make more money because I have an injury history. And I think he sort of recognizes that this is his time to catch him. He's coming off his best season, and he wants to go somewhere he's valued. As you said on the Adam Schefter podcast, I just don't see the Patriots you know overpaying for him or just even beating the competition for
0: him in, in terms of dollars. I do not either. I agree with you there. And finally, Rex Burkhead.
1: I would say yes.
0: Yeah, I know uh guy had a report that his market sort of heating up, but
1: I, I think Bill Belichick really likes him. I think the coaching staff really likes him. It's fact that he only played 10 games last year with two separate injuries, and knee and wrist. I feel like that actually plays the Patriots' favor. Like I, I feel like he won't get as much money had he been healthy for a full 16-game season. And I know the Pats like his personality. He can catch the ball at the backfield. He's a solo runner, averages over four years. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised next year if, you know, Rex Burkhead you know, starts the season as a man back, and James White, this is the third down guy. That wouldn't surprise
0: me. All right, we have been speaking with Mark Daniels of the Providence Journal. Mark, how can people follow you on Twitter? They yeah, can check me out, TJ. And obviously check out your outstanding stories, including the one from January 20th. On Rob Gronkowski. You have to definitely uh, check that story out. The title of the story, uh, The TB12 Method Pays Off for Rob Gronkowski, this season. It really um, opened some eyes back on January 20th. And again, reminding everybody that it was a very complicated situation uh, between the Patriots, uh, the TB12 Sports and Gronk himself this year. It's a fascinating story. Definitely need to check it out at uh, ProvidenceJournal.com. Stay with CLNS all day on game days in the fall, starting with CLNS Media New England Patriots pregame show with Alex Barth a half hour before every game. Then catch the postgame show with Marvin Izan and Mike Molino live after every single game on CLNSmedia.com. Be sure to check out our new website at CLNSmedia.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on both iTunes and Stitcher and YouTube now. Also get daily team updates. On the Patriots Newsfeed Podcast, which is also available on the CLNS Media, New England Patriots postgame show feed, available again on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and the CLNS Media Mobile app. Thanks again for downloading today's Patriots Beat. Want to once again thank our terrific guest from the Providence Journal, Mark Daniels. You can follow him on Twitter at MarkDanielsPJ. You can also give us a follow at CLNS Patriots and at CLNS Media. Of course, give my own personal account a follow, please, at Trags, T-R-A-G-S. Today's sponsor was Simple Contacts. For Patriots content manager, Mike Alonji, CLNS Media executive producer, Larry H. Russell, the founder of the network, Nick Gelso. Thanks to everyone who tuned in. This is Mike Petralia, and this is the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. What's going on, Past Nation? This is Marvin Zahn of the CLNS Media Network, and I'm here to tell you right now to check out the CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show hosted by myself and my co host Mr. Mike Nice. And live on CLNS Radio, immediately after every single pass game, calling at 929-477-2386, toll free to get your voice heard and contribute to the host breakdown and analysis of the latest Patriots contest. We also got the stars and sorries of the day, Twitter posts for the plays of the game, and everything else that is going on with the five time Super Bowl champion. Subscribe to CLN's Media New England Patriots Postgate Show on iTunes and Stitcher. And the best way, download the free CLN's Media Network mobile app for on-demand listening anytime, any place, anywhere.